First off, a special thank you to our amazing Patreon.com patrons. Evelyn, Kayla, Sarah, Joe, Jill, Kevin, Mary, Karen, Jennifer, Robin, Janae, Anna, Barbara, Diane, Suze, Stephanie, Erica, Tare, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, our eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you are unfamiliar with Patreon.com, well, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. If you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on patreon.com forward slash the workroom podcast. The link is in the show notes. So the challenge is to take these bridesmaids dresses and rework them in a way that these girls want to wear them again. It works about as well as anything could with with that that color green. We only have two yards of fabric that we can purchase, so I'm buying upholstery fabric, which I normally wouldn't do, but I get more yardage this way. I can't decide if that looks too cheap or not. Well, it is cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom. A labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Arnez, and I'm the bitch of the show. Oh, so hi, everybody. I'm Patricia, and you see Arnez over there? Put a pair of sneakers in a tennis racket, and she's set. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I bet that's just that's re- re- referencing an outfit that I looked at. And I was like, oh man, um, looks just like Mat- Martina Navratilova from like 1975, <laughs> which I know nothing about. I will happily take your word for it. <laughs> it's so preppy, tennis, but from the 70s. Okay, um, I can't wait to get to that part. Uh, um, so happy to be back in the workroom with you, Patricia, after um, we had some technical difficulties. Um, I you know, just want to let our, our wonderful listeners know and also our, uh, our lovely Patreon patrons. So we had sat down last week to, um, discuss, to discuss Next in Fashion. I mean, yeah, is that right? Yeah, Next in Fashion, whoops. And then my equipment just completely failed me. And um, I think I think Mercury will go into retrograde soon, but um, it was like the beginning of the shadow part. And in terms of astrology, that's pretty much the only thing that I really, really believe in. And so it was like a classic (laughs) moment. It's happened with Nalen before and Mercury was in retrograde and I was like, darn it, here we go. Um, So we were going to talk about we're going to talk about next in fashion for you all um, on Patreon um, next week. Um, and so then now we're, we're getting back into, uh, uh, pr- uh, project runway on the main feed. Um, but I just was like, I'm so glad to talk to you, Patricia. And then I'm actually able to record your voice. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm used to technology failing. So for me, I was like, Oh, this is life. No big deal. <laughs> but I understand the listeners want to hear. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and we do want to hear from you listeners. Um, please keep sending um, all of your hot takes and your questions, your gossip to us at in the workroom at gmail.com. Um, that's in the workroom at gmail. And of course, on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And um, just to remind everyone, um, especially if this is your first time listening to us, that um, we have a cheat sheet that is a visual um, companion to the show. And so uh, this week, I've, there are two cheat sheets. There's the non-spoiler that just has the runway order. And then there's a spoiler version that has the top and the bottoms and the safes. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll prompt you guys when it's time for that to... Um, uh, when it's time to reference that and a link to that is in our show notes and um, also just want to remind you all that we are on Patreon and we our most recent bonus episode um, we, Naylan and I are going through Worn Stories that is yep. this lovely lovely Netflix show that is mostly about um, a theme and how uh, the clothes fit around that theme so we just spoke about community and um uh spoiler alert like the the episode made me cry i think nalen also cried patricia are you watching the show have you seen the first episode not yet i'm saving it to watch yeah not yet okay yeah i it's just i'll say that it was not what i expected from any promo images and so it's just like a a a beautiful um uh surprise so i hope patreon patrons that you're enjoying that and um and yeah just send us send us your thoughts we did get a message from our listener jennifer jen um who i think who's like because we did kind of touch on whether or not we would do um the great pottery throwdown or something else besides that um but um but thank you jen for writing in about how much uh you're glad that we didn't do that <laughs> and hope that you're enjoying um uh worn stories and speaking of instagram and speaking of your feedback and and, and all of your notes um we got a lot of listener comments about last episode which is the notorious episode of the the notorious first group challenge with um tim's iconic takedown of team lux and i love that um i'm i'm incredibly proud of the title of last episode which is team sucks s-u-x-e i'm like it's so it just came to me and i'm like oh this is great but i love that it kind of confused people and forced y'all to go back and watch the episode (laughs) to make sure where it came from I have to say it confused me because I remember seeing that as like shorthand for Susie and the Banshees. So oh. I was like, oh. I was like, oh, what? So I, I didn't read it as sucks, h- hilariously enough. But now now I think it's even it, it's even better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great title. I mean, yeah. And I because so one of our, our listeners on um, on Instagram um, just posted. Uh, so Jeroma 97 out there. Um, says, um, I'm having flashbacks to the first time I saw this episode. Just want to come through the screen and wring her neck. Be- by the way, Gretchen isn't making clothes, but teaching these days. Perhaps she has learned how to mentor, not take over. And I just thought that was interesting because I, I, because I think Gretchen gives me teacher vibes. Um, and she does, and I know that she for a while uh, had been working out of Brooklyn, and um, I think after this aired she had just moved to Brooklyn and I think was teaching at Pratt I didn't look up where she was teaching but um 
it's that's interesting to know and i'm kind of hoping but i think as we go through this episode as well um and to see you know the i guess the dreaded interaction between the first interaction between tim and gretchen um it's kind of um it's kind of great and or i would say like a, a nice foreshadowing to perhaps that there is some type of uh redemptive or i would say instructive moment to this or where where gretchen could be reflective and take the the criticism the very very sharp criticism from tim and um from michelle mccauliffe who can i would love for michelle to confirm whether or not you're actually british because michelle used this word that i've never seen before um uh, and said um oh gosh where is it Oh, yes. She's, um, Michelle says, whilst I found Gretchen both irksome and entertaining at the same time, I was fuming at her teammates for being so gormless. And it autocorrect- Instagram autocorrected to formless, which I also think is appropriate. Formless, but gormless. And I had to look up what gormless meant. And I think it's the same, but kind of like this, you know, not wishy-washy, but just no, no firm foundation um, in your convictions and a, and and a willingness to just go along, even when it, you know in the face of the last challenge, it's clear that the person who's leading the way um, is all is is kind of just changing route willy nilly at for no reason, but also as they're changing route, kind of throwing everyone else under the bus at the same time. Um, and so I thought that was a a really. Um, good thing to kind of touch on because uh, I, I, I think we did touch on that um, but in terms of just the dynamic that it no it's not just Gretchen it's about um, the group itself and how it was all kind of mind-boggling and baffling as Tim said at the end just just oh. being being a, being willing to be led in the way that they were being led so yeah yeah I, uh, wow I think even just being um, yeah, I think you are both being very kind to Gretchen because <laughs> I thought <clears throat> yeah, yeah. this was such an example of like entitlement and oh, yeah. self-absorption. So, which is why I don't think that those are not the qualities of a good teacher in my view. So I'm sorry to disagree with you on that, but I yeah. do. I think a lot of, you know, teaching attracts a lot of fields of people who love to act like they are right. Yeah. And for me, that is not what teaching is about. Um, so... And the way just Gretchen talks to people in the workroom, the way she sort of, in a way, mimics Tim, like, oh, okay, I can do that too. It's sort of like, um, you, no, no, you can't because you, like, you have a very particular point of view and you haven't even invested much in that. So, I don't know. I think you're both being really kind, which is nice. I just, I don't know. I feel differently about it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm holding back. I, I, I will admit in terms of my uh, opinions of Gretchen, because I want to, I don't know her and I want to give her benefits of the doubt. Um, she gives me pathological vibes, you know? So when I mean that, the, and, and we kind of go into that, this, this episode where Christopher, is like I don't think Gretchen means to be bossy or wh- however she describes her, and I was like it yeah. has nothing to do with the intention or meaning to yeah. do it. It's clear that she didn't intend or didn't mean or also didn't notice just how um, I'll just use the word gross, just how grossly um, 
um, opportunistic or how grossly um, self um, self. Oh gosh, I've, I I don't have the words. Essentially, like the, what she did on the runway was so obviously um, uh, cutting everyone else down, and 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 um, the survival instincts cut it in a way that um, was just so disrespectful and kind of a, and very embarrassing to do. And so obviously the to the, the judges that um, I would like to believe that she actually didn't know what she was doing, but she still was doing something that was pretty awful. Um, and so it doesn't absolve her from the awfulness and from the consequences and from, you know, what she's actually inflicting on others because it, yeah. And also, yeah, I do agree with you actually that she does give me teacher vibes, but um, not everyone ought to be teachers. Um, and I totally agree with you <laughs> on that. So I'll kind of like walk that back because um, it's, it's also about like an element of safety and also an element of, um, letting of you, you're right. Like letting that's something that Tim does, where Tim lets you be you, um, and doesn't impart his opinion. And and we will see that again in this episode, where it's like I I don't like this, but look at me. <laughs> like of course I wouldn't <laughs> like this, but this is what you're making. So um, yeah, I think yeah. Gretchen thought what she was doing was actually right. Yes, like yeah, I thought I I, I think Gretchen thought she was doing the right thing which is whatever the storyline producer was telling everybody right mm -hmm. and then just kind of uh, you say survival instinct and I I agree but I also think it's so much about controlling like other people and other people's perception of her mm -hmm. and I just oh god the art world is filled with people like this and I often run the other way because yeah. it just feels so toxic it just feels so um not good it is you know yeah, yeah i totally agree but but i wish gretchen the best we all have to grow at you know quoting gretchen themselves you know sometimes things happen for us to reflect so hey good on that yes exactly <laughs> all right reflection well, <clears throat> well let's get into this episode here um <clears throat> and you know and as we're still talking about it and as you know people are still commenting on it on instagram this this episode this season was just such a a divisive one and so we 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 meet the designers back in at an atlas the next morning and casanova has immunity <laughs> and casanova's oh, like so happy. i don't so care happy. about the winning part i care about the immunity which is like duh <laughs> so practical that's yes. somebody who's paying attention to reality right there exactly and he's exactly i i, I say exactly a lot and so does <laughs> casanova Ex exactly um and 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 casanova says something else that's really practical where it's like it makes you feel like a, a more confident designer because casanova was just again like nearly left the show last episode feeling so down and having a very a, you know kind of like a tantrum and a, a, a spiral moment but at the um at the hands of just not really being used to all of this feedback and also quite frankly some and we've talked about this some confusing feedback <clears throat> so mm -hmm. so yeah and no one likes michael c <laughs> i don't know why that is i don't get it either i i don't think i understood it the first time around and this time around i don't get it either michael 
So, you know, there's that scene where he's on the bed talking to Ari and Ari doesn't like Michael either, but I don't think Michael knows this. And then Michael's like, some people don't like me very much. I'm just like, I don't like the voice. Stop it. Like, I don't, I don't like the baby voice. It's really annoying. Can you just like, so I, I feel like Michael has like the type of personality where it's just so gooey and icky and he's so optimistic and, and, um, and very playful and young. Um, and, and young at heart and I and also I don't know if this is like a Palm Springs energy like if we had so we had Toluca Lake energy off you know like who you know su- super cool um and cl- you know closer to the coast and then we maybe we have like this Palm Springs kind of you know retirement community in the sticks I don't know it, and and but in general I think it is the the gormlessness of this cast so there's we'll we'll get into it too um uh just like this idea of what a designer ought to be and what they ought to look like and how they ought to work yeah um, is very rigid so which i which i find interesting that you're saying that because gretchen is also from some kind of rural background i know it right? has an entirely different vibe so i think it's interesting to compare them in that way yeah yeah i'm trying i'm look i th- i just think michael comes from a great family <laughs> he's got a son who loves him i don't know he's just mm-hmm. you know, it seems like he's just yeah. happy-go-lucky michael has perspective and the best facial expressions in my the best like facial reactions i know and they're so <laughs> honest so freaking I honest <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> um we have that uh valerie and ivy who are clearly um who are trying to have a heart-to-heart with gretchen and gretchen's like nope just going to tunnel on through it. I don't want to talk to you. So they kind of whisper speak, whisper gossip, I say about the, the runway and, um, and, and they do this kind of retroactive thing about like, well, maybe this is good for her. You know, like, I don't know. They're also very kind to Gretchen um, um, in a way. Um, All right. So let's get to the runway with Heidi and Heidi introduces this, like, we're going to get um, uh, all new models. And dun, 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 you have quite a task in front of you. And out comes um, a parade of terrible design, terrible fabrics. And um, it's not obvious to me, but these are bridesmaids dresses. <clears throat> And um, they all introduce themselves. These so these are women who are uh, in these dresses and have been bridesmaids. And these are their they own these gowns. Like they are, yeah. I guess they their gowns. They own they own them, and they each introduce themselves with like a funny quip about their hideous dress. And um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And the the designers are kind of terrified um christopher does say something about like oh i wonder why it's a thing that brides always have to have their bridesmaids in such hideous dresses and i would like to say it's not always a thing mm. we all know this okay. i think we know this okay. right like if we've been to a wedding or enough weddings or <clears throat> or maybe um some of you listeners out there are that type of person <laughs> Who would put their wedding party into horrible outfits? Like, I would love to hear about that. But I think there is this interesting um, idea about, I call it like toxic gender dynamics in my notes, where um, 
and and also just like personality issues where it's like oh I'm the bride I'm supposed to stand out or I'm the groom I'm supposed to stand out and everyone else you know I'm just going to put you through the ringer and we've got that whole trope also reality trope about like bridezillas um and so I thought this was this was like, and also bridesmaids dresses don't always have to be ugly. Like I've, 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 seen, I've been to some weddings where the, the, the wedding party looked really wonderful. I've been in a wedding where I got to choose what I wanted to wear and I was proud of what I got to wear anyway. Um, nice. I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, so, so, so this is sort of, um, one of those, um, supposedly fun, but for me kind of annoying, um, tropes mm. about how we see um, weddings and how we see bridesmaids dresses period but it's also yeah. one of those wonderful project runway dynamics because uh, like it it is bad to say it is bad if your dress looks like a mother of the bride or if it looks like a bridesmaids dress it's bad that's a that's a takedown <laughs> yeah um so every all the designers get to choose their their models based off of who gets chosen out of the notorious um, button bag that's um, probably getting paid like thousands and do- thousands of dollars an hour, and then um, but Casanova gets to go first because Casanova won, and again very practical and strategic here chose his model because she's just tall and skinny, <laughs> but also. Um, he goes, she's a stunning girl. And I'm like, I think for, for Casanova, stunning means tall and skinny because he also said, and she's very stylish. I'm like, but she's wearing a hideous dress. So how do you know that she's stylish? I know. Yeah. That's like when, when people like, when I have like friends be like, be on dating apps and and then say, like, show me the phone and be like, don't you think he's cute? And I'm like. He seems tall and white. I don't know. Like, is that what you mean by cute? I don't know. Like, just sort of like hashtag no idea. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's what's happening here too. Is like, oh, like that's what a model should look like. So I want that person. Yeah, to each their own. Um, so they yeah. they kind of go down the line, and I don't know. Did any dresses stand out to you in particular that you wanted to comment no. on? No, no, not at all. Other than I've seen worse. I've seen far worse. <laughs> I mean, at least, like, they picked, they definitely picked dresses that were not fitted. So everything, so they definitely, there was definitely a conscious decision to have as much fabric as possible. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Right? Which is great. Um, that was, I think, thoughtful and good for the competition. Yeah. I would say that, so um, there is a woman who's wearing a, dress with a vertical bow on it and and that's like one of the first quips that we hear and she's like I would like for you to notice that I'm wearing a vertical bow right now and I actually was like I kind of like that vertical bow Mm. I think it's really (laughs) really interesting design element um uh so yeah so I, I but I agree like if you unfurl that bow there's probably just a ton of fabric underneath there and um and and Mondo for instance Mondo chooses uh, a dress that has a pink that he that he really likes to work with, and um, the best I think the best runway mo- moment of this part is when the model is walking off the stage and turns around, and then you see this white landing strip on the back of the dress, and because from the front I'm like the dress doesn't look that bad, but from the back it's very, very a very interesting panel that uh, that's that's in there for no apparent reason. 
Mm. So yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Heidi walks the models off the runway um, and reminds the designers before she leaves that um, the it's a runway, not a wedding aisle. So you have to make these outfits look runway ready, whatever you choose to do. And they get back to the workroom. The dresses are on the dress form. Ivy chose a white bateau dress. And I thought that was fascinating because that means that perhaps the wedding party was all dressed in white at this particular wedding, which is interesting. But she also comments in the workroom that the dress is dirty. Um, so they, these are not, <laughs> these dresses have not been dry cleaned. <laughs> yeah. That's really weird. Like, why would you make those models wear them? I know. It's really I mean, it's weird. their dresses, right? It's their personal dresses. Right. Yeah, it is. It's okay. theirs. So um, they probably just wore it once for the wedding and then, you know, twice on okay. the runway. I think it's amazing. We hope you, we hope you like the champagne stains mm-hmm. on the, uh, <laughs> All right, so the cha- so Tim comes in and gives them the formal challenge that they're to take the stress, rework it into a new look, to not go to a wedding again, not for a wedding. Um, then they will go to mood. To, to mood, they have a budget of fifty dollars. They can only buy up to two yards of additional fabric because they are required to use most of the fabric from this dress. So it is a it is a um, a bunch of challenges wrapped up into one. So they're working with um, not models, not their models. Um, they're working with um, a, a variety of shapes and there are um, like curves, curvaceous um, models. There are petite models. There are also um, um, clients. So they have wants, needs and desires <laughs> that they mm-hmm. want. They will communicate with the, with the designers and also, uh, I'm pretty sure most of these dresses are made up of fabrics that might be a little less, um, that the designers might be less used to working with. So, um, so there's, it's, it's like a fabric challenge. It's a client challenge and it's, um, uh, it's like a, like a body challenge as well. So, yeah. All right. So they get 30 minutes to sketch. They get to consult with their, their models um, there is a hiccup. So, so Christopher chose um, a, quite, a a very tall, a tall model who had this really long blue dress, like a lot of fabric actually, and mm-hmm. um and um she got cold feet. Um, I believe her name was Nana. So so Nana gets cold feet, decides not to do it, and so they bring in a new person named Ava who's wearing what I called a swamp brown dress. (laughs) It's a swamp green dress. Um, It seems to be um, a little longer, but also has like a fitted bodice and um, uh, it's a, it's a challenging color in my opinion on Ava. Ava is like, it's brown skinned um, and perhaps, yeah, it's just to me, it was a very challenging color to be wearing Mm. for Ava to wear. What what were your thoughts? I um I do have a differing opinion, Ernest. I thought um so so when I first watched when I first watched this meeting this year, not mm-hmm. a long time ago, um I thought what a curious decision on on behalf of the editors to like 
point this out because I was something okay. I'm gonna get to the dress into Ava or Ava, I forget. But Ava, Ava the new the new model, Ava, yeah. the new model. I'll get to that in a second. I think I think Chris is lucky. <laughs> Very lucky. <laughs> but here's the thing. We're sort of like as viewers, we're drawn attention to this. Chris is choosing, oh, this person I chose this model because she has um I forget exactly the words, but like brown he said skin. Dark so skin. the, the dark skin okay so um chris said dark skin so so, and and the the blue looks really good yeah that's true but then chris is given another model also with you know non-white skin so dark skin you know dark skin Mm -hmm. and with another dress that is the same like that complements the color of of that person's skin um i actually thought ava's dress originally was not great but because it was so gold and there was so much shimmer, I thought it was actually the best dress of the bunch. Hmm. But I, I thought, why would we be sort of drawn attention to the models like skin pigmentation on this? I felt really awkward watching that. I thought, why? Like, like yeah. why are we sort of being, and I, I understand, okay, the model dropped out, that's fine. But in the editing decision, like, why do we, why did they need to include the whole, this is why I picked this model, dark skin. Oh, my new model, dark mm-hmm. skin, mm-hmm. problem. Like I sort of, I, I don't know how to express it beyond that, but I thought, what an awkward editing decision and why? And yeah. also, the second dress, is the fabric, yes, it's like curtains, it's not great, but it does, texturally, it does have, it's way better than the first one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, because I thought, I like the lace. I, you know, I mostly saw, and maybe this is just like my screen, like it just felt mostly green and, um, and, and, you know, very busy and kind of unfortunate. I actually didn't think that blue really went with Nana's skin tone. And, and they do, but they do that all the time on the show. And I think that's also something in my experience with the show in particular where they're, um, well, well now they talk, I think they talk about, um, coloring a little bit more nuanced but also it's not it's not about the skin color it's about your undertones and so that's mm-hmm. the thing that mm-hmm. really is interesting to me especially when they think about darker skinned women that it's sort of like you know just it, it becomes like this very surface color theory type deal um, like not all dark skinned women look great in yellow they don't mm-hmm. because yeah, if you purple. have or purple yeah. because if you have yellow undertones, no, you should not be wearing yellow. And, and like I'm a dark skinned woman who has red undertones. I look great in yellow, <laughs> but yeah. I have yeah, you know I have friends who who have like yellow <laughs> undertones and I'm like no they they can't. So there's it's a little bit more than that. And I I remember like seeing Nana. I think what Christopher probably was attracted to was that contrast and also a way mm. of um working with that kind of color. I'm like oh you know like dark skinned women can wear colors or, or these types of colors a little bit more than than pale or white women and it's just mm-hmm. like I don't think that's true it's just it's about the yeah. undertones you know if you've got I totally yeah, yeah like, totally because Michael Drummond's model so Michael was the last to choose and mm-hmm. um he said he got the worst dress which I don't think he did but um he got like like a very 
it looks like a very plain David's bridal dress where it's, you know, like a, a like kind of wide straps with a deep V and like a little umpire waist with a little buckle, like, you know, like with with a, kind of like a rhinestone buckle um, underneath the breasts. And so um, and and that model has red undertones. <laughs> And yeah. so she, it's like not a great color for her. It's this very deep magenta or like, like just, no, just a straight up magenta dress. And, um, and so then that, that's like a difficult color to work with. It's just the undertones are, are kind of dictate, um, that in terms of, I guess, I don't know. I'm rambling, but yeah, yeah. no, no, <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. And I think like for me, I'm pale skinned. I think I have, I think I, I have like what, what people call olive skin tone, but I think I have pink undertones. I wear colors that don't look good on me all the time because I like those colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's yeah. a choice too. That is a choice yeah. too. Which is, <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not saying that to take away from anything you said. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying yeah. that to sort of like, if you like a color, just wear it. Like I don't particularly look good in purple all the time. I have a purple sweater that I love. Yeah, so which right. Often people ask me, like, oh, did you inherit this? Like, oh, is this, like, somebody... Like, people never assume it's mine. I'm like, I like it. <laughs> yeah. It. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's, it's... I'll say, I do have, like... Okay, there's a thing... There was a time where I loved brown, and I, I bought... I had all this brown stuff um, from college and, like, just out of college. And one day I was just like, wow, I am brown, and I'm wearing brown. Um, let's try other colors. And I just, but I would never wear brown ever again, <laughs> ever again the way I used to. But for a while, I just liked brown. And it had nothing to do with my, it's not, it doesn't look great on me in terms of like complimenting my undertones. But um, but that reminded me of when I just like, I, I gravitated towards brown. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I find brown very comforting as a color. Yeah, yeah. It's really great. All right. So let's go to mood. And um, and we can also start. We can also keep talking about these model client interactions mm. because I think some very instructive things happened. Um, I mean, not much happened at Mood. Um, it's just that uh, I think we see Michael Drummond, who you know we've just talked about, um, getting upholstery fabric because he can get more yardage that way. Um, it's a wider bolt at Mood and. Um, and essentially the narrative here is that Michael is wrecked by wrecked by how curvy his model is. He's not, he's kind of panicking. Um, and also thinking about what he needs to do in order to make a dress for, um, a model who is larger than the models that they've been working with. And he's just like, it's all about, tailoring and <laughs> smart decisions i'm like nervous because i don't have a lot of fabric sorry for the vocal fry but that's michael drummond's fault so um yeah <laughs> please don't apologize for the best impression of that person ever ever <laughs> i really do like doing michael drummond's voice <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, yeah, so he's sort of trying to figure out what to do. And when he says, like, I don't have a lot of fabric, I'm like, what? <laughs> this is a gown. It, it's a floor length magenta dress. <laughs> you have a lot of fabric, Michael Drummond. Um, but Michael is also our knitwear designer. So that doesn't come up in this episode. But I do think that he kind of struggled with that because he's a knitwear designer, perhaps. So 
Um, April's model has opinions, and April's having a hard time with that. Because <laughs> April is like, oh my god, like she doesn't like anything that I like. She's asking all of these for all these things that I think are hideous or awful, and she's asked. She's making a. She's still demanding, and basically the model is going like, I like a short skirt. You know, I'm not really fancy, but I do like fun and flirty. I would like something kind of like maybe uh, like short here, maybe like two pieces. And she's like, oh, my God, she's asking for everything. What is going on here? I'm like, hmm. April has a model who's asking for things. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. A model who's asking for things. So true. And I but those are even though I was sort of like wincing inside, I think these are my favorite parts of the show to mm -hmm. see how someone negotiates that like space of, of yeah. communication so even though i was like oh yeah oof, oof, i i also really liked how, yeah i like those moments in the show i think those are the instructive moments that i love about this show yeah same same i like i do like these these episodes um because it is sort of one of those things where you gotta you have to learn how to talk to people and translate and it is really hard it's so hard and difficult and i'm and under these circumstances, of course, it's super stressful. Um, uh, so we do have, I'm just going to run through these if you have anything to say about them. Um, so we have like uh, Ari and Valerie in the sewing room talking about Michael C. Um, and sort of, and we also have Gretchen calling home because she's homesick and calls her mom, who she calls like her mommy. She just needs to talk to her. Because uh, she's still really down from the um, the takedown from last week, and then we oh. we um, and and then we also we so that goes into um, time for ten, but there's also this overarching. We get the tension music, where it's, it's mm -hmm. like the the screeching violence, dun, 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 and people are like, "Oh my god, Tim's coming in," and Gretchen's looking nervous. I'm like, "But Tim's already been in um, the workroom and." Uh, it's also just, you know, uh, it's interesting that this is, that this is, of course is going to be the drama. Um, I, I kind of felt like Tim was a little off of his game on this episode. And I, and I, I know that Tim is not, um, <laughs> Tim is not a mean spirited person. Um, and also I don't, I think is very jealous in a, in, a, in that biblical sense. Like he's, he, he likes to guard the designers and takes care of them and also wants to do the best for them as he can. And I think, um, I, I, I think I have, I have a feeling that, um, he had to split himself up to do that mm -hmm. takedown of Gretchen where it's like, I'm, 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 a, I'm ferociously, um, uh, protective of all of you, but I, to be protective of you, I kind of have to actually, um, you know, kind of scold in front of all of you and, and embarrass another designer. And so it's like, how do you, you know, it's, a, it, I think that's, that's, a, that's really uncomfortable, but also very necessary, was necessary for Tim to do. And so I think mm -hmm. Tim looked nervous. Tim was like stumbling over his words a little bit. And um, I would like to think because there's like some internal, you know, uh, angst about it. And also that's how I would feel where I'm like, I, I always feel kind of bad when I when I'm overly critical of my students um, because I don't want them to think that I'm uh, disappointed. But also I know that there is it doesn't matter if I'm disappointed or not. 
it doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter if I think like, you know, uh, how I think about the work. Um, and it's sort of like this, this uh, very sub- objective space within a lot of subjectivity. But I, but I also know that there are feelings involved and I, I care. So it's sort of like this weird dynamic that um, everyone is feeling in the, in the workroom, obviously. Yeah. And I, of course, there are feelings involved, like in your classes and certainly in a show that's being televised, right? Which adds a pressure that like a regular classroom doesn't have. Right. right? So I think that at which point, yes, feelings are involved and we should always consider them. But at what point do we allow toxic behavior? I know. Right. I think that the role that feelings play in Gretchen's like, it's like your feelings were hurt. You spend more time thinking about how, how your feelings were hurt than what actions may have caused your behavior to affect others' feelings. Yeah, and I would have I, – I think if Tim heard what Ari and Valerie were saying about Michael C., like that would have been another moment to intervene and just kind of like – I don't know. like Because it, it, it is um, – like yeah, because I would I would assume, I would think that Tim if Tim knew what was going on <laughs> about what other people were saying about him, then um, that that would be yeah I don't know. I also think what how did Tim know that Gretchen was bullying everybody? Was there playback of tape involved? Was there did this happen in front of Tim? Because I have a feeling Gretchen behaved well. I don't have a feeling. We mm. see Gretchen behaving even before this episode. Everybody puts on their, Tim's here. Mm-hmm, <gasps> mm-hmm. To- totally understandable, right? But people aren't prone to doing bad behavior in front of Tim. No, right? no. So then how did Tim get a hold of, of, of like that dynamic? And look, I'm sure it was obvious. But, you know, as viewers, maybe we should have given been given a clip of Tim, you know, hand on chin, hand on hip, watching the playback mm-hmm. and sort of fill in that gap of like okay so we 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 know what happened but then what is really the role like how 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 is this decision of confronting the group in this way like how how does that evolve how how did that evolve from tim's role which i and i think it's within tim's role Mm -hmm. entirely yeah yeah Um, and i think it's solely from that runway critique mm. i think that's all tim saw and, oh, okay. and from that, he was like, oh, no, this, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's what it was. Okay. So, um, okay, well, let's, let's get to Tim and Gretchen. So it's Tim time and Gretchen is first for Tim time. And uh, it ends up being what I thought a very constructive back and forth because they're talking about um what what um uh, you know Gretchen's making separates and Tim makes a comment about it looking very sporty athletic uh, almost like a performance athletic type deal and also bringing in um you know what the the, the how the design elements will um probably broaden out the model's shoulders um uh so I, her model is uh has like some broad sh- broad shoulders 
Um, and so it's sort of like this, like, okay, this is what this will do to her body, or this is how, you know, maybe, you know, be careful about this and think through blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and Gretchen, um, is very much like, I just need you to give me some feedback and, and, and so I can move forward. Um, you know, very laser focused. So I think in terms of the tension, she's really good at, at least in this moment in like tamping that down. Um, and I honestly think that any, any nervousness that they're alluding to was definitely like an editing thing. Cause I don't really feel like Gretchen, um, works that way, honestly. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Next we have Michael C and Tim is getting shivers from <laughs> the lace element in this dress. Like Tim like shudders, like, like, ugh does one of those things um so michael c is working with some black shiny fabric he chose a black and white dress that has had some like rhinestone embellishment on it um and is currently working on how to combine velvet and lace together and uh tim is just like uh-uh no absolutely not <laughs> yeah talk her out of that <laughs> yes which i loved i feel like that was really great i'm like she wants this, but you're the designer. Take control, yeah. Michael C. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next, we have Michael D, who keeps saying, he keeps saying that he doesn't have any fabric. And I'm like, I don't get it. No, me too. And tries to be nice, but also kind of lets it sink or lets it out that he is worried about how big his model is. And he's like, oh, I'm not trying to be offensive. Oh. And I'm kind of glad that he did that so Tim could say, you know what? It's a privilege to design for someone who's not a size six. And Tim and Michael D's like, oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. You have no idea. I'm like, wow, what a turn, Michael D. <laughs> so. oh, what's up with that? I mean, yeah, it's, it's still at this time in Project Runway history and in the history of the world, you know, that, of course, um, but most important Project Runway history before we even thought about or probably when Tim behind the scenes was really trying to get them to um, broaden the size representation in the model um, offerings. And um, I thought this was a very gentle kind of like, please don't sh body shame your model. And but also the yeah. understanding that this is um yeah, no, this is, it's not, we're, yeah, we haven't gotten to the point where we're just being um, a little bit more inclusive on the show. So, and um, yes. All right. Next we have Mon Mondo, who has chopped up his dress hmm. and seems to be easy and breezing through this with skill and taste and so many easy choices compared to how Michael D is going like Mondo's using his dress and then Michael D is trying to figure out how to not use his dress <laughs> right oh that's such a good observation that is so good uh, I just I just love I love it he's like I just turned it inside out like it's it was a super shiny pink dress but just turned it on the other side it's a little more matte like that's yeah yeah go ahead Mondo next we have Peach um who is so charmed up so she's like my model she's like 
tiny around here in the middle. And, you know, like she barely has a waist. And then you get a little hippie down, you know, and don't we all? And I'm like, no, we don't all, Peach. I wish I had hippie hips, Peach. I yeah, I know. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have Christopher, who's who's okay i would like to know your thoughts on how christopher's doing at this moment because it doesn't seem like he's done that much with the dress he's trying to drape the lace i I guess and um and and sort of is trying to figure out what to do with the bottom part which looks like he's going khaki Mm -hmm. so yeah um ivy uh ivy's model wants to go naked and Tim suggests, why don't you just make a thong for her? <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> um, and then Casanova is being um, exactly to the max. Um, is is working on doing some, um, like a two-piece. So so um, making like this blouson top and some pants. Um, we don't really say that much, um, that, that much on Casanova. And then Ari, this is the the moment where Ari is making. So, so Tim looks at this and is like, mm, "Looks like you're making her a clubbing outfit." And Ari's like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, but look at me. Look how I dress. Like, of course, I would think that's a clubbing outfit. You would know better. So, you know, t- kind of take my advice with a, with a grain of salt." <laughs> Um, and then we get to Valerie, who is making something that I said in my notes. Looks like an outfit that perhaps Martina Navratilova would have worn to Wimbledon. There is a really thick sporty stripe that's lining the V part of her top. Um, I don't know. Is this where is this what inspired your um, your reference to me, Patricia? <laughs> yes, but I'm actually quoting someone. Oh, you are? Someone actually that yeah this so is the line that i that i uh used for my intro line is a direct quote from the show do you want me to tell you now when it happens or no, should i tell okay. you when it happens well tell me when it happens because okay let's okay. let's fast forward because i think i remember so after this like <laughs> tim announces that the next day is not a runway day instead it's mm. going to be a designer showcase where the they'll the, the designers will go with their models to a location and they will have guests there who will look at their looks and they'll have a chance to vote on their favorite outfit and whoever wins that or those votes will factor into the judging deliberations and so um, they bring in the models and they get them fitted and um, to get ready to um, you know for the end of the day so they can kind of get this together because the next day they'll be going to this location Um, Mm. yeah is Am I skipping over anything that? Well, no, no, definitely not. But I just, I do want to say something, which is that when we have a little clip of what Valerie is making, I thought, hey, like, is this, it, it looked like someone was looking at Mondo's uh, <gasps> dress a little for too long. Hmm. Like, I'm not saying they're the same, but I'm thinking, oh, how, how did that happen Interesting. from one, one show? Interesting. And yeah. I'm not saying that that's bad. Look, people get, people get in a room together and get inspired by each other. I call that beauty, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not somebody who gets hung up on like I did this. I did this. It's mine. <laughs> like, this is the most boring conversation I could possibly like. I run 
pins in my eyes. That's what that, that conversation means to me. But I also think if you are trying to show yourself, show your design uh, chops or whatever on a competition, then maybe go a little further than just that first thought you get from hmm. looking at somebody else. Mm, this I just, is so interesting. What what I thought. I was like, and we haven't really gotten any, um, surprisingly, we haven't haven't been getting any comments about Mondo the way that we've gotten with Michael C. What do you mean? Meaning people don't uh, say, oh my gosh, like, why isn't Mondo on the bottom? Oh, yeah. Mondo can sew. Doesn't even have their own line. Like, mm-hmm. we don't get that drama. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, even though technically M- Michael C. is technically more successful than Mondo, but we don't really get back chat about Mondo the way we get about Michael C. So I thought mm-hmm. that was really, like, for me, like, that decision of, like, popular girl Valerie... Um, kind of doing a, some, something that looked very similar to an approach that Mondo was taking. Mm, interesting. Like a, I mean, it's a pink and black color blocking scheme. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, this is not. <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean, because I have a, I, I also, I have a theory about Mondo, and I, because I, I didn't notice that. I think it's, it's interesting that you you're pointing out so many things this is fascinating because i i kind of feel like in terms of their rigidity that mondo looks like a designer the mm. way mondo dresses and presents and and right, embellishes right. and then we have like regular degular looking michael c from palm springs who's who's like a father and straight right or no i don't know i think i think think michael is queer i'm not sure oh, what okay. his orientation is but i'm i think yeah. he's i think he's queer um but yeah michael c does look like somebody you'd run into at the bagel store i know yes like you know no, just with, with your newsboy nice hat on yeah I, have, yeah I have a feeling that that might play into it where he doesn't look like he would be in with the cool kids and mondo who is right. such a yeah. weirdo like a self-professed weirdo um, is someone who also looks very much like someone who would be a part of like a cool outsider group, an outsider group, yeah. but still kind of, yeah. you know, got he, like, he's definitely um, more comfortable too. And um, yeah. 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 So that's, that's yeah. just my theory on that, but okay. Well, let's get to this. Cause this is really fascinating to me. Okay. So, so they get to the, um, uh, to our public showcase and I put it in my notes. I'm pissed I wasn't there. I mean, I would like to think that this place at so okay, this took place in 2010. In 2010, I was in grad school at um, ICP Bard, and I would like to think that I was down the street, bleary eyed oh. and sleep deprived in the ICP dark room or something because it doesn't look like they went that far. They're still in. Um, around Parsons, uh, where where this building you know used to be back in 2010, and um, anyway, so yeah, so they so Tim comes in, gives them a pep talk about the. <laughs> this is such a regular regular episode. I feel like they're working with <laughs> non models, regulars, and then they have um, guests coming in, regulars from off the street, and right. Tim is like, "Wow, the regular regulars, okay? Each each model will have a stage." The model client will stand there and on 
next to it on a regular stand is a regular looking fishbowl and people can place a regular button that they'll get from um, the hallway on, on their interest into the gallery. And essentially yeah. that button is a vote for their favorite look. And you have to engage with the regulars, sell your clothes, sell your regular clothes to these regular people and have at it. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's this. Anything about this moment that stood out to you, Patricia? <laughs> I just, um, I'm just so jealous. I just like. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, no, nothing stood out. I just thought, well, what a great surprise! Like this is one of the surprise twists that I like. It's like they don't have to do anything different. They just get to. They real literally are given an opportunity to think about what they're making in a new way before going to the runway. Yes. Yes. You know, they don't have to do something for another model. They don't have to suddenly collaborate with, you know, a hat designer on the spot. It's just sort of like, okay, so we are going, you get to test your work in any opportunity that anyone gets to test their work before showtime, let's say, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is great. <laughs> I Yeah, because I think like it's, it, it reminded me of a gallery show or gallery setting. And of course I'm in end of semester mode with the, with my students and they, they're all having their, their, you know, they have to present their work um, and talk to us about it and get feedback, of course. But um, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, people come in and are like, I would buy this, or um, I, you know, maybe I, I have an issue with this or I, or like, for instance, I think Michael Drummond got one button no one mm, likes your I, dress. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Or just yeah. just in terms of that like like how how are people responding to it and then how do you deal with it? Um yeah. And and I also yeah. I also think people get into a room of skinny people and the person who's fat and I don't say fat in a negative term doesn't fit what fashion looks like so people yes. just quote quote don't don't go over there and I'm saying quote quote nobody said that in the show i just i'm saying i'm putting that in quotes as like a general attitude um so no the dress was not great but i think that also speaks volumes about the dress and the intention because earlier in the episode we get michael d michael drum drummond saying something like i want people to look at my model and not even think about body size i Mm -hmm. just want you know something like that and you know what didn't if that was something that Michael D wanted to test, this was the time and place didn't happen. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, cause I was thinking about like the, we'll talk about this in a run way, but I, I think Peach's dress is, um, it's definitely not my favorite. And okay. I think, I think Michael D got kind of like one button and I don't think Peach got a lot of buttons either, but that, I think is more based off of how the dress looked rather than like all these other things like these, yeah, this mitigation of size and how we approach and what we think about as being beautiful or acceptable. And then again, again, like a gallery They're they look like they're in a gallery. And I think that also um, shades perceptions and shades expectations. There are cameras around. Um, it's kind of, it's it's not exactly real world. At least they're outside of their little bubble of um, the mm. workroom. But yeah, no, I think, yeah, really good point. 
I, I mean, I thought to me it looked like I didn't think it was a gallery at all. I thought it was a showroom, which is mm-hmm. a very real world scenario for a designer to show dresses. Oh, interesting. I, I didn't think it, it was inappropriate yeah. in any way. Yeah, I didn't think it was inappropriate, but I just, I, but thinking of it's like a presentation. It's still like it's it is a like a formal presentation yeah. style of it's very of, formal. Of um, so this is where my um, um, intro came from. My uh, little promo uh, or, or my little oh. clip at, at the top because there is a rumor going around that Michael C has been telling people that Ivy is a bitch of the show. And Ivy is blaming Michael C for not having any buttons rather than on the fact that um, the pants that she made for her model are pulling at the crotch and they look uncomfortable. She's blaming Michael C. She's like, Michael C is going around and telling people that like I'm the bitch at the shop and that they shouldn't vote for me. I mean, what, what's going on? So like Ivy and Valerie get in the corner and this kind of bleeds over into the next day. Um, which is, you know, just gossip, 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 but also thinking, I'm thinking like, did a, did someone lie to you? Did a producer say this <laughs> to you? Why, and why, why weren't we seeing that on camera? Like if I you know. really want us to invest, invest in the soap opera drama of it all, then let us know who is the saboteur. I know, I want to know because <laughs> it, it makes no sense. We have, we have like, a, they really, what I, okay, this is just laughable because there is this moment where Michael Michael C is wearing a mood shirt. Michael's so excited to be on the show. <laughs> Michael has a mood shirt on and a blazer and is just like smiling and waving. And they they have a cut where it looks like Ivy has just been informed that Michael C is talking mad shit about her and over in the corner. And they cut to Michael and it, it, he's, it looks like he's making eye contact with Ivy and he's like, hi. And he just has this like cute little wave. And we're supposed to think that it's like, he's ultimately evil underneath that like Disney smile of his. And it's like, I don't, it's, it's laughable. And we wake up the next morning with them in Atlas and Ivy's like, oh my God, like Michael C, like seriously, he's trying to break me. He's trying oh to take me down. And I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> it's so inappropriate. but we've seen, okay, two things. We've seen Michael C has been very clear that Gretchen is, is Michael C's version of the bitch of the show. Yes. <laughs> Not Ivy. And Ivy is mean to him, but everyone's mean to him. So he's like, y'all are are all mean. He's not really singling out Ivy. (laughs) Yeah. And also, um, not only that, but... Oh, wait, I was going to say something else. Which of the show... I forget. Now I don't remember what the other thing was. You said something about, like, Gretchen and Michael C's, like... He's kind of deemed Gretchen and also maybe from the last episode. Right. Oh, what was I going to say? It may return back into my my consciousness somehow. Let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we can stay on this controversy for a little bit because Ari tries to get it straight from Michael C. So they're you know they're it's they're still in Atlas, and Ari's like, so I heard through the grapevine that you said. <laughs> that Ivy is the bitch of the show and that you were telling people not to vote for her. And Michael C's like, I never said that. I didn't do that. Um, I'm going to talk to her today about it. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why, Michael C? Because Michael C is not an, an, a child. 
okay yes you know and it's like okay let's just shut that down you know like yeah. people say yeah. nip it in the bud that's what michael c is doing just going straight to the, uh, addressing the problem head on that's what i would do yeah. also yeah. say hey i didn't say that I, I don't know why that's happening um listeners do any of you guys think that michael would say this <laughs> i would love to know um, oh. This is like the most gossipy part of this episode, and I'm just like, oh. anyway. I know what I was going to say. Yes, yes, I was yes. going to say that perhaps the reason why we don't see who the saboteur is that that planted that uh, rumor is because it may have been somebody in the crew or somebody from the storyline team. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Just that. So may- maybe there's a reason why nobody was implicated as the sayer because. <laughs> That's, it was none of them. <laughs> that's that's. I really would love to know that. Mm-mm-mm. God, this is this is this is me at my worst. Like complete skepticism. <laughs> love it, love it. All right. <sighs> so, all right. So let's 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 like move on from this rumor, and um, and let's get to the workroom where they're just doing like last minute changes, and um, I will just say that Tim comes in and says the regular stuff about hair and makeup, but also that Piper Lime is gifting the models jewelry from their website. So that's something that's really special. And um, let's see here. We do have like a, the confrontation moment between Michael C. and Ivy in the brother's sewing room, though. Um, so while they're all sort of crazed and trying to get their stuff done, Michael sits in the sewing machine ahead of Ivy and starts talking behind him at Ivy about the rumor. And mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt about this. I thought it was not ideal, but I didn't want him to say no. anything anyway. But you know what? I'm I had a f- I was looking at that as like would I would I do that? Would be would I be so nervous to confront this kind of person who's been hostile to me? Would I have like mm-hmm. the courage on national television to look them in the eye knowing me probably, but you know, who knows? So I thought maybe Michael was nervous and just and busy and not wanting yeah. to like how do you not try to make a bigger deal out of that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good point. Um, good I don't point. know. I thought this whole thing was so unfortunate. I'm like, why? Why is like beating up on anybody? Like, I know. Just, I mean, and like narrative drive, you know? Yeah, and like there, I think someone openly calls him an idiot because Gretchen's like, why would he do that in front of us? And I was just thinking, I'm like, he didn't do that in front of us, Gretchen. Anyone, yeah. He was talking, <laughs> you're just know. nosy. Like, just admit, you're, you know, and every, there. how can you, you're all around each other all the time. Um, and just because someone is speaking out loud and you can hear them, they're not talking to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have like our wonderful fun time with the models where they're just like teaching them how to walk and all this like fun last minute accessorizing stuff going on. And um yeah, any anything else before we get to the runway? No, I'm ready for runway. Okay. Very excited for runway. <laughs> Yay! Let's get to it. All right, listeners, this is where you can click on the link in the show notes to get to our two page cheat sheet. Again, spoiler alert, this the second sheet is has all of the results on it. Except for the winners and losers. I didn't I didn't put that on there. All right, so we get to um the runway and we find out that Mondo got the most buttons at the button party yeah. at the at the showcase. 
So that will factor into the judging. Um, and then we have our regular judges. We have our Michael Kors, Nina Garcia, and of course, Heidi Klum. And then our guest judge is Cynthia Rowley, who they announced has just launched at this moment, a line of bridesmaids dresses. So such an appropriate judge. Kudos. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, where was Vera Wang, but still perfect. <laughs> um, I, okay, let's move on because that's that's a good that's a good point. I would have loved to have. Okay, all right, let's get to this. <laughs> so first we have um we have like Mondo, and I believe the model's name is Amanda, and um oh my gosh yeah, or actually how do you how do you want to go through this? Do you want to go through everyone? Um, maybe we can just discuss. Like the looks we liked, what we didn't like. Yeah, let's instead do that. Of going through, through all of them. Yeah, so so let's let's start with some standout looks. So I think Mondo is a standout look for you. And can we talk about this alongside with Valerie? Because I think that yeah, sure. association you made is so great. Um, and and they're on the same line of the of the cheat sheet. So we have Mondo, then we have Ivy, and then there's there's Valerie. That's that's the the order. Yeah, what did you what did you think of Mondo's look? And also comparing that with Valerie. Yeah, well, this look, I thought, um, well, okay, we're not, we haven't gotten to the ju the judging yet. I thought Mondo did a standout job. Yeah. Standout job. And up until now, I think this is the most, mm, is it the most, let's just say among the most refined that Mondo has been able to present their vision in, mm -hmm. in the competition. Yeah, I think... I think it really, Mondo is so great because um, this, at this moment, um, I'm pretty sure um, he didn't have the budget to to get, you know, all these different amalgamations and like clusters of fabrics and textures that he would usually get if if he were, he were given all of mood. Um, and so to see what he was able to do with, here's this dress and you only have two yards of fabric from mood to deal with that it's it still worked out in this really wonderful vibrant way and mm -hmm. yeah i think i i just thought like gosh like such like a really good adjustment to this we didn't hear anything about him going like oh i don't have enough money for prints oh what am i going to do i guess i'll make my own print you know so um yeah 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 um i i really thought that I, I okay so Casanova and Ivy both make pants and I commend Ivy for taking that dress and making it into pants and um and and Casanova as well like I kind of thought that that needed some recognition um mm -hmm. and we also have Ari who made these shorts and a corset atop so I, it was like I these aren't my favorite outfits like I don't like Ivy's, I'm not into Ari's and I'm not into Casanova's, but I just kind of thought um, it was just nice to see them um, do a little bit something, do other items um, differently. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I and, and we have a little clip of um, Casanova saying, oh, to put a, uh, a, mo uh, a motorcycle pant for a bridesmaid is, is new. It's interesting. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's totally interesting. Yeah. But then why not make, well, I guess budget wise, but why not make a jacket something that looks more dressy, more formal mm -hmm. as opposed to looking like something you wear to, to like to, to just walk your dog, you know, 
um, outside of, of your house, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But we were given kind of specific criteria, make it runway, like not wedding aisle, I mean, not church aisle or whatever, just make it runway. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, both of those looks, both Casanova and Ari, I don't think they were like runway at wow. all. I, I don't mean, think it was the pant choice. I think it was like how, how they envisioned what goes with, with the pant choice, pant choice to mm-hmm. be runway. Yeah, I totally agree. I think Ari's outfit looks like whatever Ari wanted to make. And also the, the, the coloring is off to me. You can't tell this from the cheat sheet. The, I think the, I think the shorts are more brown and then mm. the top is black. And there's mm-hmm. just something a little, like, in terms of the values of those colors, they weren't different enough to look like it was meaningful. It was almost like Ari went to mood and she found fabric that was, like, that approximated the dress that she got. But it wasn't the exact same tone. Um, so I just didn't like it so much. But, um, yeah, I kind of wish that there was a little bit more contrast there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I feel the same way about Ivy. I thought, why is this hmm. a runway? Like, this is just, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a decision. By the way, I, I like that top. I think it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that we've seen. We, we see that all the time. Again, it's what Tim said earlier in the episode. It's not fashion. It's just clothes. It's clothes. Yeah. So that's, that's what he said okay. to Valerie, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that, um, Oh goodness, why am I? I'm forgetting everything today. Um, there was something else I was going to say about these three looks. Um, it will come back to me, hopefully. Okay. Um, I so, want I want to just uh, we'll kind of point out um, the fish gills on Peach's outfit. Oh, oh, oh gosh. I mean, yeah, it just looks that... like she couldn't commit to a peplum. Yeah, she, that's not a peplum. It's not. Like, it, there are more ruffles around the back. It's almost like, I don't know, kind of like it, it was like a peplum, but you just chewed the front of it. It, it It's so hideous. And um, Peach, on the runway, it was like, Erica walked it like she loved it. And I don't think, well, I don't think she, she it didn't come across as if she really liked it. Um, but, but it also was just, it felt so non-committal <laughs> to what mm-hmm. she was doing. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of unfortunate. Um, I was hoping yeah. that she didn't do a peplum because she was, I think that's how she makes things look interesting or flattering and Ugh. it just didn't work this week. So. Not at all. And, you know, I was kind of thinking on this challenge, like all you have to do is make something fitted. That will be the most boring thing. Just make a fitted cocktail dress mm-hmm. and then just judge it up with whatever else you, you find interesting at mood, design-wise, detail-wise. And looking at, at, at Peach's uh, like uh, response to this challenge, there's no, like, there's no element here that makes sense in terms of structure, in terms of aesthetics. It's just, I, I, Peach is better than this. Yeah. Far, far better far better than this i mean i yeah i totally agree and i think with so like and so below that is michael drummond's dress and um, i'm going to pull in valerie because valerie will talk a little bit later about 
where what she was trying to do with that color blocking because she was like, I was trying to bring her in, you know, just trying to like do stuff for her body, blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, it didn't work out. Um, I didn't hate this dress, but also I think partly like I liked the jacket that Michael Drummond made for this model. Um, and but the thing that I didn't like about this dress is that it feels like he didn't do anything. Like this just looks like the dress that she already had and he did some overlays. Like I would have liked to have seen more work done to it um, or more of him working on it rather than complaining about it um, to to kind of convince me that he didn't just crop it because the dress looks like it fits her like maybe a little bit better on the bus. It's got, you know, the, I, you know, the upholstery fabric that he's kind of, you know, done, but like, I don't know. Like I, 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 it didn't, yeah, I, it didn't really look that different to me. <laughs> so. Yeah. It doesn't fit the model very well. Um, I, it just doesn't look very good. No, it doesn't. All right. Um, any, any other standouts on this runway before we, I really liked what Michael C did. Yeah. And, yeah. and Christopher, I thought, my gosh, I mean, if you look at a photo of that from afar, that kind of fabric is stuff that we see in fashion all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of like pale green, pale olive green, like, you know, Nicole Miller, actually around this era or slightly before where every single cocktail dress, spaghetti strap looked like this and, and very fitted, kind of bodycon almost. Mm-hmm. So I thought for all your complaining, you know, you were fine. Yeah. I, I, Christopher. Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think he did really well with it. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it. It's not my favorite, but you know, it's mostly because I just don't like, <laughs> I don't like the color. Um, and, but he did what he, what he did with it and he did it, which is great. But I just want to say, Christopher did not do very much. I actually think Christopher did a lot less than Michael D. I, yeah. And I think it's mostly like a redraping of it. And, yeah. and I also think that he used, at least he used, like he was trying to use that fabric. Um, and, and it was, that's, you know, that's, it looks so, it, yeah, I, I, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. And Michael C, like, I love the shoulders. I think the shoulders are amazing really um, nice there's yeah. they're so so beautiful and what a surprise from what uh he had showed tim um and how he was working it but he he worked it and those sleeves look great i also was surprised by april's outfit hmm i kind of yeah. liked it <laughs> i thought it was pretty good i thought it was definitely very good i don't know why gretchen was safe Oh my God. So, oh, so Gretchen changed hers from the day before. Um, actually, Michael C pointed, pointed this out. There is a lot of exposure of, of the side, yeah. like side, like, you know, they call it side boob, um, of the model. And, um, the model is, is a little, uh, like smaller and chested, but, um, you can see that there is like another, sh- another layer underneath the white outer part. Um, and I don't think that was there the day before. Um, she was mm. a little bit more exposed the day before. Um, but I this burnout thing that's happening with the top, um, 
I I thought this was it looked yeah I, I mean is this is what um Valerie made like a, I don't like what Valerie made but I think that there's salvageable elements to what Valerie made I don't see anything salvageable on what Gretchen made like that ugly that is the ugliest ombre I've ever seen yeah and I <laughs> I think the boots are unfortunate also with this. Yeah. Yeah. I So, yeah. I don't know what's happening there, but I think if Nayland were here, Nayland would say, well, they make good TV, so they kept them around. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's kind of, but I think there's something to be said about how Valerie is being treated on the show. Hmm. How do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I think that there, I don't know, there is something, there's some weird, there's some weird, uh, like, force field around, around them. And, and I think there's some weird, um, I mean, because I agree, like, Valerie's outfit, the back, I thought looked great. It's not on the cheat sheet. Um, but I think it's interesting. I, I am, I'm just kind of wondering about how um, Valerie's being judged on the show. Hmm. All right. Well, let's get to the, I guess, the the cheat sheet, the, the second one, so you guys can see. Um, so who the safe designers are, who the high-scoring designers and the low-scoring. So in the high scores, we have Mondo, Michael C., and a controversial Christopher. And then mm-hmm. the low scores, we have Valerie, Peach, and Michael D. And the safe designers are April, Ivy, Ari, Gretchen, and Casanova. Um, who had immunity um yeah any 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 highlights from the deliberation i can go down the line of of who spoke first and then if no, comes up. i don't think we i don't think we need to do that i thought it was a very um but the, the deliberation like the the judges discussing all the works are we at that point yes Am I yeah understanding yeah correct? with the with the high scoring and the low scoring designers yeah, so that's where my line, my intro line came from, is Nina Garcia looking at Valerie and saying, what's that? Oh, my God. Put a pair of sneakers and a tennis racket, and she's all set. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I totally missed that. Because and I guess I, she went from a tennis that. outfit to another <laughs> tennis outfit. Okay, I'm glad it was the same yeah. outfit. <laughs> yeah. And I sort of thought, oh, look, there's Nina talking about Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this model who was like, she goes, she has a massive chest. <laughs> I don't have a massive chest, person, but like, I huh? This person had like, I thought this person had what I grew up thinking was like the perfect female body. You know, like, this is what I was taught as a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this like, this is what thin, this is what thin used to be in Southwestern Europe. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah, no, they so were making I, so many comments about her her breast size and where I know I was like what what why <laughs> yeah and they didn't like the straps I loved I loved this I think this was a, a Cynthia Raleigh says this where she's like yeah the straps are giving me Fredericks of Hollywood I'm like is that a burn <laughs> I, I didn't know what that meant I, I was like okay because I think I think Fredericks of Hollywood is known for lingerie but maybe I'm wrong um, I feel oh, like okay. I, I my reference for that, and I could also be wrong, is coming from the movie Clueless, but maybe it's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's referencing underwear, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, that's it's such an interesting thing going on there. I have so many thoughts about, um, you know, I could refer to. It's fine. No, I, I, I'm going to go on a tennis tangent. I don't want to do that. But um, okay. <laughs> yeah, like this is not something that you would wear to play tennis. I don't see where the tennis reference is. She saved it from the tennis reference, I think, um, to mm-hmm. what is happening now. But I think that's so funny that you would think that you would walk out on the tennis court with a sash, like a little, you know, a little little curly thing. Or, you know, I, I don't know what kind of tennis Nina Garcia is playing, but this outfit yeah. is very, very inconvenient um, for tennis. And also just, you know, just want to put out there that, like, th- this is a tangent. So I'm I wear... My sports bras are the sports bras that um, that uh, Serena Williams wears because Serena, wow. Serena, it, I read an article or someone told me that she only wears one type of sports bra because she found it. And um, Serena has a large she's a, a large um, breasted woman um, and also very curvy. And um, and and I'm I have like I'm, I'm pretty large. Uh, relatively large I'll just say and so but and of course like I love Serena and so when I found out that she had found the perfect sports bra I was like what is it I will buy it <laughs> let me have it mm-hmm. um but just in terms of like the tennis reference I'm, you know I don't know like with Serena Williams wear this no and Serena is like the most fashionable tennis player and um but no but let's let's talk about um, really, really great sports bras, and how that sports bra could be it, that could be like the beginning of a really great sports bra that maybe Serena Williams w- would wear. All right, that's the end of my tennis tangent for that. Um, all right, so let's go to um, I don't know. I what I love is the the um, we you know when they dismiss the safe designers, th- there is this back room waiting room thing where of course they're they've been hilariously wrong about the top designers and the low designers and of course they are wrong again again because they're like of course michael sees on the bottom he can't sew he can't make a pattern he can't drape uh uh and guess who's on the top michael c Mm. yeah yeah this is so like this. It's sort of like, I don't know. As somebody who's persistently in Team Underdog, I feel for Michael C. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not, not uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it was just like, oh my god. And I'm so happy that the judges at one point Heidi said, oh, you know, what's interesting is everyone last week threw Michael under the bus. Yes, yes, yes. So. And by the way, I, I don't think that Michael should have been chosen or won for having been thrown under the bus. I mean, that's, you know, that, that speaks nothing to the work, right? That speaks more to the resilience of, of Michael Michael C. But yeah. I, I still think that, um... oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with my brain today. I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're talking about Michael C., maybe about the dress yes, or the resilience. Yes. Any, but any... I, I it, it just it felt good. It felt good to see that being acknowledged. The fact that oh, everybody threw Michael C under the bus last week, but look at what Michael C produced despite all of that. You know, so good and going, I, Michael. And I like that. So there's something someone said about okay, I think it was Michael Kors said something about um, having that it was the shortest dress on the runway, 
but that the proportions were right. Um, after mm-hmm. last week, notoriously, Nina Garcia saying about Team Lux, every single outfit had some proportionality issues. Um, yeah. And here they're just like, well, well, you can do short, but this is how you do short in a way that, you know, yeah. of course, according to their very kind of conservative proclivities about like, you know, what looks vulgar. Um, and so the um, so the dynamics of the dress were were great and they had really wonderful things to say about that. And also the fake pocket um, deal that Cynthia Raleigh pointed out. She's like, oh, my God, is that a pocket? He's like, mm, it's kind of a fake pocket. It's like, oh, my God, I love this. It's daring. It's risky. And um, and it's it's really beautiful. And I thought. Um, yeah, very well done. And there wasn't any classic. I wish they would have also said something about the how black the dress was, but how mm-hmm. Michael C. also did something really great with texture and, um, yeah. and opacity and and the fabrication of it. But that also was because he chose this the, because the bridesmaid's dress was very shiny, <laughs> and so you could have a little bit of play there. So I was just like, great. <laughs> Meanwhile, we go. There's a cut back to them to the the group that's in, in, in the waiting room. Um, mm-hmm. And there's Gretchen going, come on, you can't have satin, lace, uh, and lifts three other things, zippers, mm-hmm. and three other th- swoops. And I was like, why not? I know, I that's, of, you, but you had, you had swoops, you had ombre, you had, you had a maroon or a deep red dress with like, tan boots on this dark-skinned yeah. woman and you yeah. also have like side boob yesterday like you had a bunch of shit going on in your outfit in a in the yeah. way that you wanted a bunch of shit going on in your outfit and then here we have michael who has a bunch of shit going on the way he wants a bunch of shit going on Mm-hmm. yeah that makes me think about your comment at the top about the teacheriness of it <laughs> or like uh-huh. there's some people who just should not be teachers where it's like yeah let let you be you and recognizing that this is something that's different and also record, you know, so, so like when the judges deliberate, they come into the back, of course. And um, I, I feel for Michael C. This is something that I think is what is very heartbreaking about these moments because he can't really fully enjoy um, yeah. all of the comments that he clearly enjoyed outside of the, um, the designer group, because of course everyone is very blatant on their faces um, the shock at the fact that they were wrong again. <laughs> oh, right. Michael sees um, standing. And it's so obvious how, how much more open and accepting they are of other people like Mondo and how they're surprised at, or, you know, they're very comforting to Michael D and all this other stuff. And, and I think Casanova is the only person in that room who's just like, what, what? <laughs> Why are we, why are we, like, why are people so shocked that Michael C is, Michael C is a good designer. And I think for Casanova, it's also, again, very practical. We are all here. And therefore, we are all designers. I don't understand how other things being here disqualifies you from being a designer. This show qualifies you automatically as a designer. And you have to be a designer to qualify for the show. I know. And we have like Gretchen and Ari who's like, oh my God, like what show are we on? What's happening? So it's, it's very, it's very unfortunate. 
that was just so awful so so awful and (sighs) yeah well um so let's go to announcing actually who wins this episode so i think if you can't tell the top two are mondo and michael c um and patricio who is the winner the winner is michael c once again captain of the underdog of the underdog team yes (laughs) um but um did you prefer mondo's over michael c's you know what this challenge actually actually made me realize like why first of all i thought mondo was very fairly misjudged on this outfit because they talked more about the hair didn't work the hair was jersey shore well that's a styling decision that's like let's talk about the outfit right right like so everything was perfect except for the hair come on let's so i actually think either one of them could have won but i do think that Michael C. did put a lot more work into making that garment. Yeah, I actually, I I, I agree. And I actually, and it's so funny because I think in 2010 that hair was out, but right now it's in. Um, mm. I think it's very, it's, I love, I like the styling and I think he did it on purpose. It was very mod vibe and it still was very, it's Jersey Shore, sure, but it's also mod. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting that they were not okay with that consistency. And right, um, right. And so Michael C is like leaping up and down, um, cries, um, and then in in the um, in the the confessional says like, "I'm good with this. I don't want to win no more. If I had to go home after this, I'm fine. This is actually the the best thing ever." And I actually really believed him. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, he goes and he goes backstage, and um, I don't know if you caught this but i i I think i wrote it in my notes as a question because again like some of like you know and also some listeners might know like i have a i don't understand usually what shade is but this felt like shade where casanova is looking at gretchen goes now we have mrs jones over here who's twice two twice winner and then we have mr costello also a two twice winner and I was like, I think this is shade <laughs> from Casanova. I, did, I didn't think so. I okay. thought it was just okay. like, wow, look at what's happening. And I, I don't know. I thought uh, Casanova has been um, kind of neutral towards uh, Michael C. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I, I didn't think that was shade. I thought it was like, well, you keep you keep pushing on this person, but mm-hmm. we have two time winners. Mm-hmm. Miss know it all. And Michael C. Right. I, I didn't think that was shade. I thought it was just like, hey, think about this. Okay. Okay. Which I think is different than shade. But I, I didn't think it was shady. But okay. maybe maybe I didn't read it right either. No, I, I I'm no. I think I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. so it's and it's fine. It's fine. I'm still uh learning how to identify that stuff. Um so so Mondo is dismissed and goes back to Sage for what is like clearly a much warmer reception and they're just like oh my god mondo how did you do those corners and mondo rightfully said i don't know and i have and i don't again i don't think this is strategic at all but i think mondo's like i'm not telling you how i do shit because you're gonna steal from me um Mm. actually that's what i would have thought because i'm you know a little bit more competitive and and 
uh, strategic in that way. I don't think Mondo was thinking that, but I was like, good job, Mondo. Don't give away your secrets. If they don't know how to do those, it's well, on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's like, it's, it's, I actually like that answer too. And I also feel like, Hey, I should do more of that. I, should, I need to learn yeah. from this moment. <laughs> but I for know. me, it's not so much about secrets. It's more like, do your own damn homework. I'm not yes. here to teach you. Yeah. You yeah. have your own table. Fellow designer. <laughs> Fellow designer. So, you know, knocking on other people but asking questions <laughs> on how? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So now we have to go to the unfortunate um, practice of dismissing a designer um, or, yeah. or saying an Alfita saying. So um, Valerie is safe. So it's between um, Michael Drummond and Peach. And hmm. who goes home? Do you want to say or do you want me to say? Do you want me I'll to ask you? You can ask me. Yeah. Okay. Dear Ernest, please put down your tennis racket to tell me who goes home this week. Okay. Just putting it back on its uh, trophy stand over here where I typically keep all of my Yonex, <laughs> all of my Yonex rackets. <laughs> and... Um, the person who goes home is dear, dear Peach. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you Peach know, goes out person... on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you go. Just this, 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 I remember like not liking Peach the first time around. And this time I was like, huh, well, all the gay guys like Peach. What am I not seeing? Ah! <laughs> I Yeah. I mean, because Peach is man peach like just so um yeah and there's a lot going on i think it comes out that she was very much aware of her age and um and 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 definitely was put herself in the mother role um and mm -hmm. kind of i think saw herself as being useful in that way and she mm -hmm. even goes out on a quip she says over and over again like at the time of my life i had a time of my life I was 22 for six episodes and, um, and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and also there's something that she says to Tim that Tim says like, Peach, what are we going to do without you? And now I know how to say you have more legs than a bucket of chicken. And I'm just like, what? Can we just see more of this? <laughs> These Peach That's a great quips. saying. It's yeah. such a great saying. You have more legs than a bucket of chicken. I love that um yeah yeah which can be substituted for wings not i mean god this is a this is a non-meat eater saying this but you have more wings than a bucket of, of chicken you know you can say that too yeah but you can also see like of course we know that she she's uh april she and april um were roommates and and we we hear we've heard from april talking about how much peach has meant to her or throughout these other these you know, previous six episodes um, but also Mondo we see is really sad. And I, I, I don't remember seeing a lot of interaction between Mondo and Peach on screen. So um, it's just kind of very, very apparent the effect that she's had on the room and on the designers. I just wish, wish that Peach had um, embodied that a little bit more and um, yeah. understood inherently her worth as a designer and her skill and, and not necessarily had been bogged down, but that's a whole other thing. Like I just wish that Peach had, you know, w was able to hold on to more of, of her value throughout this, yeah. uh, these episodes. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anything else to say about this uh, episode? 
right. No, not at all. I thought, um, yeah, no. No, you thought. <laughs> Pardon? You said you thought, and then you stopped yourself. But what do you mean? You thought what? Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, it's. It's totally fine. I'm, 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 I'm sort of like done blaming it on COVID, on having had COVID. But it's like, come on, it's been over a year. <laughs> like, get real. <laughs> oh goodness. No, it's totally oh. fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, and listeners, if you guys have any other thoughts or things that we miss, please let us know. Keep sending us um, messages on um, on our platforms. Um, I'm really, really enjoying the second watch or I don't know, maybe fifth watch mm -hmm. of, of season eight and um, being able to, to talk it through. You know, this is like the first time I've done this up of this season, of course, with our deep dives. And I just am really having fun with it. So um well before we go patricia do you have anything to share with our listeners and can you remind them how to find you yeah well i um can be found i've been on a social media break a little bit i've been just way too busy to be online um and also i've been doing some online work for the csa that i am a part of so that has been kind of eating my online time duty called to social media no time for leisure on social media um, but i can be found literally looking at the workroom uh, instagram i love reading everybody's comments i like liking your comments i like making my quips when i can um and so i can be found there for sure and on my own account uh, where laziness is reigning right now, but um, sense and sight, that's common sense and optical sight, S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. And nothing nothing to share at the moment. Right. Um, and you can find me on the interwebs and um, all of our <laughs> links to find us are, in all, are always in the show notes. And um, mm -hmm. I will, um, again, shout out my solo show that is still up at Established Gallery in Brooklyn um, on 6th and Flatbush, not too far from the Barclay Center. And um, the uh, the link to that is also in the show notes. And um, in the show notes, I will say that these, these are some other special links that we always have. Um, there, I'm still going to put in the link to the Issei Miyake uh, Renegades of Fashion um, reference that Nayla made oh. last episode. Um, I, there's also a link to Linoleum Knife, um, where uh, these the two amazing um, uh, uh, movie reviewers who have just the best gruffy voices and are also friends of Nayland, um have like a, like wonderful deep dives into uh, movies over there. Um, LA based. I'll just, I'll just say that's you know I love that. Anyway, and um, and also. Um, uh, yeah, you can find um, a, a link to the um, the online store for my original co-host, my beloved Samelia mm -hmm. Kolar. <laughs> so those are those are in the show notes. And um, again, like just love to hear from y'all. Um, hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. And um, we will be back into in the workroom soon, back in the bonus room for our Patreon patrons. And um, so I, I, yeah, till then. We will both say goodbye. Bye. Bye.